Welcome back to the Hollinsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Anna. And I'm John. It's that time of year when you can get cozied up to your loved ones and prepare to be scared for your life. Well, I guess it's a little late for that because the festival's over now, but we're here to recap it. (laughs) And what a festival to recap. This was like one for the books. It was so much fun. And I'm so happy that we finally have a minute now to breathe and recap all our incredible films and just an incredible festival overall. For those of you who are just discovering Scared for Your Life, it's an independent international horror film festival that we run each year, and it's an absolute pleasure. We take films from all around the world. We take films that are roughly uh, a minute to a half an hour, and it's just such an incredible experience getting to watch some of these original concepts uh, come through our festival and sometimes be the first place that people get to screen these films. It's been incredible to see some filmmakers uh, submit repeatedly and just seeing their growth as filmmakers, getting to see people who are submitting first time films. And there's just so much talent out there. It's great that we get the opportunity to, to highlight this for them. And there's almost too much talent out there because the amount of trouble that we have, like whittling down the film choices every year is really difficult. But this year was insane. I love that it gets harder and harder every year. The quality of the films just keeps improving and increasing. And honestly, like, that's one of my favorite parts of it is just the back and forth between the three of us trying to figure out whether or not something is going to fit into our programming or whether or not uh, something thematically fits with some of the other films that we know that we're taking that year. I'll say one thing for sure. I'm so grateful that programming was the biggest challenge for us this year because the amount that goes into a festival between coordinating with our sponsors, with our vendors, with the foundation and the venue, there's a lot of moving parts that go into this. But the most important part is obviously the films. And I think we did a pretty good job this year with like being on the same page and deciding what this festival looked like this year. Yeah, it was really exciting to get to the point where we realized like, all right, all of us are pretty much on the same page. We had a a good vision. Thankfully, again, all thanks to the filmmakers for putting out these incredible films. And for in, in some weird way, there was just out of the collective unconscious, they all had these themes that they kind of just put together for us. So they made that part easy, at least for Anna doing the programming. Um, but yeah, it's just incredible to be able to see this level of talent every single year and and everything just happens to fall into place. It is the best worst job when it comes down to just having to select the films. That's probably the hardest part. Um, But it really starts with the venue. Yeah, thank God for the Cinema Arts Center. This place has been a godsend for screening these films. This is the way that these filmmakers designed their films to be screened on a big screen in front of an audience. We had an awesome turnout this year. John, I remember you coming out and saying that people were like audibly yeah. uh, <laughs> reacting yeah. to the film. Yeah, yeah, that you could you could hear it in the audience. People go, like, you know, gasping or like the the pearl clutching going on <laughs> during some of them. And that's that's exactly what you want. That's what you want as, you know, someone as putting a horror the, filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's exciting. And I'm glad that we had some of our filmmakers there in the audience to hear the reactions to their films, too. I do think that, you know, obviously there is a lot of film festivals out there that also do this. But I think one thing that really does set us apart in a way is that we really do care most about how the films are presented 
that our filmmakers are like given the the screening that they want for their films and that everything is perfect for them. And that's why working with the Cinema Arts Centre is so good because we send everything to them in advance. They make sure that everything plays properly. They do audio tests. They do screening tests. So everything is perfect when the filmmakers get there. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know. We've had some some venues in the past that just didn't take the same level of care and attention to detail. And it it really does take a weight off of our shoulders to not have to be focusing on that as well as everything else that we have to do. So really, as much as, you know, we're putting this stuff together, Cinema Arts Center is as much of an integral part of the team to make sure that these screenings go as truly smoothly as they do. Yeah, big, big shout out to Ali and Sarah, who were our uh, tech advisors for the festival. They helped to make sure that the films were showing and sounded exactly as they should right and, down to the last minute checking in between blocks oh, absolutely yeah no it was literally you know coming out and just double checking with us and just touching base and you know is everything sounding okay is is everything uh, uh running fine for you guys so we love that you know we, we had a good bunch of sponsors this year too why don't we get into some of our sponsors oh hell yeah well we had Def wish coffee come back again who have sponsors yes. sponsored us every year yeah, Every from the beginning year. of us taking over the festival. Yeah, and they always come through for us from things to put into the filmmaker swag bags to raffle prizes, um, and they they gave us a lot to so do raffles to with this year, this which year. was amazing. T-shirts, mugs, thermos, almost coffee. every coffee that they have. <laughs> yeah, I'm that was... very incredibly jealous of the raffle winners. I was trying to sneak a bag or two for myself. It's just so cool to see... The fact that Deathwish has become such a household name at this point. Yeah, very true. And people were just going crazy for this raffle. And because Scared for Your Life is a nonprofit, every dollar that we make on this festival goes into making the festival bigger and better every year. So to have cool things to raffle off like that was huge. Like, I don't even remember, but we made a good amount on raffles this year um, that we're going to get to put toward next year's festival. Yeah, we also had a uh, Lloyd Kaufman book up for our uh, raffle, too. Yeah, the uh, Film and Television Foundation, the Long Island Film and Television Foundation, got us a um, autographed copy of Lloyd Kaufman's Everything I Learned About Filmmaking I Learned from the Toxic Avenger. Uh, and that was our costume contest prize this year. Yes, yeah. And I really love that we try and make the festival a Halloween party on top of being a film festival. I love seeing creatures walk around the vendor's room and have everybody taking pictures with all the different like creatures and characters that come through. It's so much fun. And it really is. We try to highlight the fact that it is a horror film festival down to those raffle prizes. And it's just, I mean, you know, between encouraging the filmmakers to come in costume, seeing some of our vendors in costume, having the, you know, attendees in costume. I yeah, was wanted... in costume. <laughs> yeah, we had a big old 12-foot skeleton walking around taking prom pictures with everybody. We unveiled our official mascot this year. Yeah. So uh, for those of you tuning in, you'll get a chance to help us name this mascot after this episode drops. I'm going for Benvolio, but whoever uh, has a different opinion, Benvolio. leave it in the comments for us. My favorite Shakespeare character. <laughs> Benvolio is your favorite? And This is a different podcast. Um... I do, but keep the peace. Next week on Shakespeare Corner. <laughs> yeah, another awesome raffle prize that we had this this year was tickets to dreams of dracula an interactive dracula theater experience i can't wait to hear from the winner of that what that experience was like yeah seriously 
Um, I think the winner of that was one of our sponsors, Otherworlds, right? Yes, yeah, Otherworlds TV. They are just a 24-hour streaming service for oddities uh, that you can find right on Roku, and they're free. As filmmakers, you want a place to distribute your films, and having a representative from this uh, streaming platform there witnessing these films, that's how some of these filmmakers get their distribution. Mompi Yulman uh, was another one of our sponsors as well, and you know they do uh, um, soundtracks and compositions for films. And as, you know running a festival, the soundtrack and the score for a film is super, super important. So really cool to have uh, Mombi sponsoring yeah. us this year. Two musician sponsors this year, which I think is so cool for filmmakers looking for their next score. You've got Mombi Yulman, who does some of the most incredible ambient music that I've heard. We had Mombi Yulman and we had the Naughty Boys, who are one of my favorite punk bands and like one of the last real punk bands out there. They, I've been talking with them for a while, and um, they're so psyched to put some of their music onto films. They're always looking for films that are looking for new songs, and they write original concept music for the films that they're working with. Yeah, Naughty Boys are a lot of fun. If you have not checked them out, definitely check them out. For our local Long Islanders and anybody who's planning a trip out here, we've also got Necromantic Brewery sponsoring us this year. This place is awesome. We got a chance to check them out recently. They do a ton of horror-themed events, whether you're looking for trivia, bingo, or you're just looking to go and watch horror movies and drink horror-themed beers in a horror atmosphere with other horror lovers. This place is awesome. One thing you have to mention uh, when bringing up Necromantics is that they are fully gluten-free, which is so cool. Yeah, fully gluten-free. And uh, they do a Night of the Living Bread which this is insane because it's a gluten-free beer and it tastes like banana bread. I think that's my favorite one that I had there. Yeah, gluten gluten-free beer gets a really bad rap and thankfully Necromantics is doing something to kind of turn that around a little bit for doing us. Doing it right and doing it spooky. Yeah. Also good job on saying brewery. That's a really hard word to say and and I know like Ooh. a lot of us tend to say brewery. So Twin I mean ones. <laughs> one of us especially really they should have called it a brewery yes oh my god <laughs> as well as sponsors we had a lot of really good vendors this year um we had our featured vendor zombie gentleman and i could have bought everything from his table oh my god yes ken does custom patchwork and he does patches and pins for basically any horror movie you can think of horror movies wrestling um He's got patches and pins for everything. You can get any of his merch, even outside of the event and any of the events that he's doing at zombiegentleman.com. I mean, as well as Zombie Gentleman's table, I could buy from literally all of our vendors, to be fair, and I, I did. <laughs> we had Masquerade Pictures back again, um, who just make really, really awesome films. And I think we've bought all of their films now. We have. We so finally we need got some a chance more. to check out Theta States, and that was fantastic. And we also had Caviar with Crows and everything there was amazing. And I got my little, I am not Jack-O-Lantern. My name <laughs> oh. is Lewis. Yeah, Caviar with Crows came in hard with like keeping it relevant, keeping it topical. Lewis is huge right now. I almost wanted the Lewis purse for myself. <laughs> and we also had Hook and Wickery come back again, who make the best candles. Yeah, Hook and Wickery has really awesome candles. Uh Super creative names to scents that are to die for. 
and they have them in spooky cauldrons and they make Fruit Loop shapes and it smells like Fruit Loops and they legally can't stop me from eating them after I take it home. Were we not supposed to? It's soy. (laughs) We're fine. Oh, okay. We'll be good. And our last bender was Jess O'Lanson, who also was our horror host again. Our spooky songs, Jess and host every year. Jess did a great job hosting. You know, we get everyone ushered from the Vendors Cafe right into the theater uh, with Jess's horror-themed music. She's such an awesome performer. And, I mean, like, what a voice as well. It's great to have her coming back again. And we love that she has just as much fun with the festival as we do. She does such a great job of getting everybody hyped up, thanking all of our sponsors, thanking all of our vendors, and then just ushering everyone right in. She also hosts our Q&A and award ceremony after the blocks. And yeah, I'm just really thankful that we have someone that is okay being in the spotlight as much of a ham as I am. Uh, I'd much rather it be on somebody else. Jess's music is available on Bandcamp, and I'm so psyched because she's releasing her own DIY album now. So you get to hear the music as Jess intended. And just like Jess ushers everyone into the theater for our films, let's get into this year's films. We had such an awesome collection, such a creative group. And even some themes sprinkled in throughout there. One audience member sitting next to me after Monster Under the Bed was like, oh, there's a bedroom theme going on here this year. <laughs> oh, because of pillow talk. And yeah. <laughs> I do like like that you mentioned that there are themes. Yes, there are themes in the stories themselves. But I feel like every year we also get themed monsters. Yep. And like this year, the theme was spooky hands. <laughs> Last year, we had, like, antler folk. Yeah. So I like that there's some kind of, like, subconscious thing happening where all these filmmakers are making, like, the same kinds of creatures and bringing them into the world at the same time. I love to see that. We had a lot of uh, uh, bedroom and bathroom shenanigans going on this year and some body horror. Listen, if you want me to talk about the contested castle, I will talk about the contested (laughs) castle. Home is not a safe place. Home is where the horror is. Now that I think about it, most of our films did actually take place in a bedroom, which is uh, interesting. I should have thought about that while programming. <laughs> but hopefully everyone liked the programming. But yeah, I, I, I feel like the best thing that we could do was start the first block with Where's Weirdo, which was our um, Scared for Your Life block winner at Life this year. And for those of you just discovering Life, Life is our sister festival. It is a several day long international film expo, the Long Island International Film Expo. Uh, At the time that this episode comes out, you will be able to submit your films there. So check them out on Film Freeway. And by next April, you'll be able to submit to Scared for Your Life once again. Yeah, so starting the first block with Where's Weirdo, which is just this amazing short film with, like, the coolest creature that's, like, I don't know. Yeah, Where's Weirdo does that cool take on, like, twisting a childhood classic, what should be an imaginary friend or a character from a book that you grow to love turns into this twisted horror character. And we had a lot of imaginary creatures this year, because we had Where's Weirdo. We also had The Monster Under the Bed. Um, which was a great short about sort of kind of embracing the monster under your bed. Yeah, I think we had a good psychological horror thing going on, because now that I'm thinking about it, between those and uh, Dummy, which really lands in the uncanny valley, you're kind of left second-guessing whether or not what's actually happening is happening. 
uh, whether or not the monster under the bed is, you know, a metaphor for anxieties. We also had uh, Timothy, which is directly about this imaginary friend slash familial guardian. Yeah, we had a good psychological theme going. Yeah, I loved kind of just making you second guess when you're talking about second guessing. The Unquiet Dead made that a theme in and of itself. Yeah, triple twist. Oh my God, yeah, I love that. This was such a great movie submitted by John Gray. And what a pleasure it is to have a John Gray film, uh, you know, every year that we get to. Yeah, and it was especially nice with this film because for anyone who doesn't know, um, John Gray was the creator of Ghost Whisperer TV show. And so it was really nice to see him going back to his roots with this short along the same sort of theme, but with a lot more twists to it. He's never submitted anything that's disappointed. It's depressed me, but it hasn't disappointed (laughs) me. His films always just look so good, too. They're just like very, very pristine, really just so much production value there. And another film that we had that really had wonderful production value was Mantis. I was so impressed with how this was shot and just how glossy it looked. Yeah, Mantis is fantastic. So I had the pleasure last year in London of seeing Mantis at the British Horror Film Festival um, at the British Museum. And immediately I was like, we need this film. Um, So I actually reached out to Luigi, uh, which is very rare that we reach out to filmmakers um, unless we really love something um, that we've seen at another festival. And asked him to submit yeah I'm, I'm just really happy that we could take that and i'm very happy that we have a british film under our belt that is one of the cool things about being filmmakers and being a part of this world and having our films and stuff in other festivals meeting other people throughout the world who are also doing this and creating this sense of community with it you guys know how much I love the community that we're building with Scared for Your Life. It's so cool seeing some of our guests come back every year. It's so cool having our filmmakers come back every year. So I really like having that be this sort of network where I'm watching filmmakers meet each other at these events and meet each other at Scared for Your Life. And then next year coming back with something they've done together. Yeah, it should be a community and not a competition. Yes, 100%. And you're right, like getting to see these filmmakers, uh, like become friends at our event, like being the the venue for them all to connect. That's all we want to do is just build this community for them. And Anthony, you mentioned something that I wanted to, to pick up on. You mentioned how we're getting films from all around the world. And when we talk about all around the world, the fact that we got the film Ukuku, which was shot in Peru... While Scott was at a wedding, just decided, just decided, hey, let's make a movie while we're here. That's incredible. That rules. It's just, it goes to show just how creative these filmmakers are, that they see an opportunity, they think quick, and they go for it. And Ukuku was just so impressive. And that's why filmmaker Q&A is so important. I love when the filmmakers get a chance to share the stories of how all of this came to be, Um, you know finding out that Scott and them made this while at a wedding. Um, You know, I never asked Lucas where they got all the dummies from for dummy. (laughs) There's a concerning amount of dummies in dummy. (laughs) You mean those aren't just all his and his own private collection? (laughs) I I love that we had a couple films in there to kind of as, as rough as some of these were with the psychological horror and as, gross as some of them were with the body horror then we had films that made us laugh too the surrogate just cracked me up 
Erica always submits super, super funny films. And I was so happy to see that we had another film. This is our third film from Erica Stockwell. I think it's our it's either our third or fourth. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's three because I can name three off the top of my head. But it's just such a pleasure to get some of these horror comedies that really do make us crack up. And we had a decent amount of uh, pretty funny films this year, right? Well, that's that's like uh, Manny from Mass Graves always said. If you have a trophy available, filmmakers will submit to win it. So as soon yeah, as we yeah. instituted our dark comedy trophy, that's when we started really seeing this uptick in horror comedy come in. Yeah, Killer Shoes was another great example of a very, very funny take on horror. Yeah, Beck was uh, our Fresh Blood Award a few years ago. Now we are just constantly seeing her career as a filmmaker grow. And she always finds a way to take these like pop culture references, like Killer Shoes being about Crocs and her uh, previous film, The Karening, being about Karens. Um <laughs> She just gets the audience roaring. We also had Charlie the Cancelled Skeleton, which oh, we were yeah. genuinely terrified was going to be cancelled. Um, we had we had to check with the venue first that we were okay to to screen this movie. Uh, I mean, we tell you about all of these films because we hope that you'll catch them in their festival run or keep an eye out for them somewhere. But I mean, just like to give you an idea of why Charlie the Cancelled Skeleton is cancelled. Um, <laughs> I got I got to see Joe Riley's butthole and fake balls on a giant screen, uh, and you could too. Why are you going to miss out on that opportunity? But we did have to check with the venue and make sure that that was okay because we great- subjected eighty something people to Joe Riley's butthole. <laughs> They all loved it. They thanked us for it afterwards. The great thing about Joe is that he knows the audience. He knows that some people are looking for that trauma-esque style of humor, which was exactly why we picked up on him. Um, Anna uh, so graciously said, listen, we need to take this film. <laughs> I think I did the same last year with like Parasite. I was like, we need yes, this, guys. True. I'm not laying down on this. Um, <laughs> it was two years ago, but yeah. But yeah, I, I love Joe's sense of humor. Um, I, I just, I get it. And I love when the audience gets it because sometimes I question my sense of humor and then we get the audience laughing like that. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. The fact that people uh, were were laughing, you know, when we came in for Q&A's just after just seeing Joe's butthole in this movie was very, very reassuring. And then then seeing that they had a skeleton (laughs) arm in their swag bags. Yeah, Yeah. that was great. Connected the dots after that. It was a little little targeted. Skeleton arm in the swag bags, and then as soon as Joe Riley's film ended, the 12-foot skeleton comes in, and everybody is uh, clenched up. On the opposite end of the spectrum from comedy, we had some some real serious ones that really got me this year, but were just done so well. Um, like Grandma Martha was. Oh, oh yeah, that was a trip, and it, it's the, the it's acting the and vibe yeah, too. the psychology. It was it was just so well done. It's really nice to see Hunter Collins come coming back to us again. He impressed all of us when he submitted a oneer two years ago, and so to see him come back to us again this year was such a pleasure. And again, it just top tier filmmaking. And something that I think is is really important is to be able to tell stories from all different spectrums of life. And the film B from Desmond Jackson was so impactful, so beautiful. This after having gotten his film Wolves three years ago, 
was so cool to see Desmond back and B is just such a beautiful film. Desmond was the epitome of like a tough call this year because he submitted two incredible films oh, that's and right. we yeah. only had the runtime to take one of them. And both of them were fantastic. Yeah. Again, this is why our jobs are the best worst jobs ever. <laughs> I think B did the same for me as um, Even the Darkness Has Arms. Oh, also yeah. from two years ago um, from Jake Graydon. It, it made me cry um, watching B because um, it, it, it's beautiful, but it's also horror. And it, it's just nice being able to show people that you can mix in those emotions into horror it doesn't have to be just scary it doesn't need to be just funny it doesn't need to be fucking with your brain it can be anything you want it to be and it still counts as horror something that did fuck with my brain though was escalation escalation <laughs> yeah. oh man this film this was another one uh deborah from the film and television foundation discovered at another festival saw it and immediately thought of scared for your life told the creator that they've got to submit and boy, am I glad that they did. Yeah. Because Escalation is a nonstop wild ride with such a good suspense build and so much good gore. Yes. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> I've heard that that Escalation has made people feel physically ill while watching it. And as a gore-based filmmaker, what more can you ask for? Yeah, we should have taken a cue from Terrifier and given everyone uh, sick bags. <laughs> <laughs> I love the colors and just all of the camera work in Escalation as well. And they managed to show all this gore and blood in a really, really creative way. So just just watching it was fun while also kind of making you a little sick. On the note of gore, we got a film called Greed and Gore, which was one of the most high octane films I think we've ever gotten. It really fueled my bloodlust for grindhouse style filmmaking. Yeah. This film had some of the gnarliest kills a great twist at the end. This just kept me going. Yeah. It was like at one point I felt like, all right, hold on a minute. Do we just have like a crazy action packed heist film? And then a Jason-esque villain just shows up and starts taking everybody out. I fucking loved it. The masked baddie is so hard to do something that's important now. And like so many things are just like a Jason knockoff. Yeah. But this was great. I love that Greed and Gore was the first submission I watched this year. And as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, okay, this is going to be a really difficult year. Yeah. Because <laughs> if this is our first submission of the year, then like, what else have we got? Yeah, I was just laughing thinking about starting off with that gut punch of Greed and oh, Gore. Oh, it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> but it gets you real hyped up. It really yeah. did, yeah. It was It was like a really fun, like action-packed, at its heart, it's a heist film. But it's just the double crossing and just all of the all the crazy kills that are in there. So creative. Speaking of creative, I was I was really worried when I read the synopsis for these two films because um, they're both baby related. And I was like, oh, this this could go one of two ways being about parenthood. But 3.33 a.m., which uh, I had had the pleasure of seeing at Life this summer as well um, and knew that we were going to need. Um, is such a sort of haunting short tale um, about this. I don't want. I don't want to give it away. Um, <laughs> but just a, a husband reconnecting with his wife and and then having a baby cry. Yeah. I'm not describing this well, but I'm genuinely trying to be <laughs> spoiler free, and I don't know how to go about it. Um, but yeah, uh, Matthew Marin did such a good job on that. 
Um, he was our Fresh Blood this year, right? He was this our Fresh first Blood, film. yes. There, I know you want to stay spoiler-free, but the baby cry thing overlaid throughout the film yeah. is so... It gets to you. It gets you on multiple levels, and it really pinpoints the important things that are being said throughout the conversations because um, you're trying to focus and everything is getting more frustrating and more muddled and you have to just persevere, essentially, which is what these parents are doing. Yeah, and anyone who spends a lot of time around babies knows that that sound kind of gets drilled into your head and it does just become the background noise for everything. Tell me about it. Yeah. John, John actually knows. I don't actually have kids. I'm just around a lot of them. Um, but yes, John, you know firsthand. Oh, yeah. I know I'm immature, but that was kind of a dig. <laughs> My toddler husband. Um, the other baby movie that we had was Janelle's Baby by Michael Squid. Um, this movie um, yucked me out in the boy, best way. Boy, that was a trip. Oh, yeah. Um, and they won our Creature Award. Yeah. This was one of my favorite arguments that we had. Because I'm going to spoil it. Should I spoil it? Okay. Um, in Janelle's baby, uh, there is a flesh amalgam baby. And I'll tell you that without spoiling anything else, like how it comes to be. Um, but I really wanted this to get best creature because it's so good. It's really well done, but it's so yucky to look at. Um, and I was talking to Anna and John about giving it best creature. And they were like, well... It's a baby. Is it really a creature? It's a flesh amalgam. It's the same way that Frankenstein's monster is a creature. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, win yeah. with that argument. <laughs> um, it's also really cool because Michael Squid has won our Best Creature Award before with The Order. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dude's got a thing against babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, both these uh, movies could have been kind of triggering because they're on the subject of kids and specifically babies. Um, and also janelle's baby being about infertility as well um but the way they were handled were super respectful and yeah they definitely tackled their subject matter really well that's one of those things where birth and things like getting children involved and uh things happening to them that it's really touchy it can make a really poignant moment but it can also be handled so poorly so it's great to see both of these films make an incredible point and hammer it home in a horror setting going off of the subject of babies we also had a really good and kind of horrifying film about parenting um and you know malevolent spirits um we had free buffs um from rafael de leon jr who is one of our regular filmmakers an amazing guy and he won our hometown hero this year which i was very happy about yeah, he really deserved it. Uh, Three Baths was phenomenal. I loved the way that he was able to ratchet up tension uh, just with, with something that at first glance is such a simple looking creature, but yet it's so menacing and how he was able to overlay some uh, cultural lore as well. I loved that aspect of Three Baths. And the way he tied cultural lore into tough subjects like depression, anxiety, and suicide, like, yeah. you know... I love when horror is a metaphor for something else, but doesn't play it heavy handed. And this had that perfect balance. Yeah, I always really enjoy Raphael's films just because I feel like he has a really unique perspective on tying, whether he even means to or not, I don't know, I haven't actually asked him, tying sort of 
mental health themes into things as well as back lore. Yeah. It, it just makes for such a good, perfect combination. And I know you mentioned the creature in Three Baths being kind of subtle. Pillow Talk is another one that we got that had super <laughs> subtle uh, creature elements to it, but really played on some of those like unnerving things as far as like a little bit of body horror, a little bit of psychological yeah, horror. Yeah. Pillow Talk was a really interesting one to program this year. It made me super uncomfortable to watch. You think you're being led into one situation, as does the protagonist, and then the script completely flips itself. Um, there's body horror of just things coming out of you that shouldn't come out of you. Yeah. There's psychological horror in second-guessing the reality of the situation and the characters involved. This, to me, was definitely one of the more creative pieces that we got this year. Yeah, and I I think the thing that I took away the most from Pillow Talk was just how beautiful it was. It was haunting, it was eerie, but for me it was just beautiful to watch. Production value-wise, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just... There's an almost... The, the way that the characters moved. I was going to say, there's an almost dance-like yeah, choreography yeah. It, it felt like um, a little like Limbo. Yeah, yes. Limbo was one of our films from last year yeah. that was fantastic. That film was entirely uh, dance and choreography based. And, you know, when it comes to a good creature, movement is so important. But also shows, again, that horror isn't what everyone just thinks of as horror. It can be a, like dance. It can be just movement, no dialogue. It's you can get your point across in any way. Yeah, we have films that embody every single aspect of what horror can be. We've got... You know, the chuckles of someone's butt on screen and a skeleton. And you've got the really gross and disgusting body horror of Janelle's baby. And then you've got interpretive dance with Pillow Talk. Horror is within the story elements itself. It's what you're putting across on screen. And it's how the movies are made. It's not necessarily just a guy in a mask. Although when it is a guy in a mask coming in to rip people up, that's really fucking fun too. So thank you. Keep submitting them. We love that stuff. Yeah, uh, this was every film in the festival this year. Uh, we've mentioned them all by name so that you can keep an eye out for them as you go and as they continue their festival tours. We hope you get a chance to see them. We hope you'll follow some of the filmmakers. We try and tag them as often as possible on our Instagram, and we will post up our uh, winners list and our uh, program so that anybody who's listening and wants to find these films has a chance to really explore them further. That said, Scared for Your Life is going to be open for submissions next April. We're going to keep hammering that home, so any filmmakers listening know where to find us. Favorite us. Put us on your watch list on Film Freeway. We usually recommend a film at the end of each episode, but when it comes to the Scared for Your Life episode, every single film we've mentioned is our recommendation. We really want you to support these independent filmmakers in their journey. This is what we want to start seeing Hollywood and uh, you know, movie theaters start to show. This is where the fresh ideas live. So with those being our recommendations, do y'all want your fear of the day? Yes, please. So just like John was saying, we have this... Uh, horror running throughout every element of life. And I always like to ask the filmmakers, where do you find your fear? And this is why we do our phobias, because there is a fear for everything. There is a phobia for it. Somebody out there is afraid of it, no matter how outlandish it is. All right, give it to us. You've built it up. Your fear of the day is casadastrophobia. The fear of cascading into nothingness. <laughs> That's weirdly close. Oh, okay. 
I'm going to give you half a point on that one. The fear of <gasps> launching yourself into the void? I know. Yo, what it- you guys are so on. <laughs> is that what it is? Cassidastrophobia is the fear of being launched into the sky. Oh, <laughs> one point to John. I give you both half a point. That's crazy. I'll take it. I was going to, my that. next guess was going to be escalation because <laughs> you said it was close. Missed opportunity there. I think I might have a philia for this because I always tell you guys, like, if I'm going to go out anyway, I want to be minimized into the sun. I thought you wanted your skeleton bronzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in an outlandish <laughs> way, if I'm going to be deceased from this world, launch me into the sun. Okay. Noted. I'm not going to do that. What a note to end on. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony, and I'm about to go get yeeted into the sun. Oh! I'm Anna, and I'm going after him. <laughs> and I'm John, and I can't help him. I'm sorry. Happy haunting. Happy haunting.